0: Welcome to SaaS Reality, a podcast where two budding founders talk about their businesses. Join Simon and Dean to find out what it really takes to build, launch, and run a SaaS product.
1: Evening, Dean. Evening, Simon. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Eyes have recovered. Went to the hospital yesterday for some diabetic eye screening tests.
0: Oh, okay. They so poke and prod them.
1: Yeah, put all sorts of drops in and uh, shine very, very very bright lights in them. Oh, right. To inspect the retinas. I had a small laser op last September on one of my eyes. It was just a follow-up, to see if that's fixed. So all good, all clear. Just a bit fuzzy this morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Seeing white light. Yeah. So what have you been up to this week? Automatically, mainly. So every four to five weeks, my partner does a week of late at work. So that's basically been this week. I've been focusing on ultimately most evenings. It's going really well. I've been doing a lot of stuff around bounces, so email bouncing. So that all recorded and sends notifications, which is another thing I built this week, the notification system. Oh, right. And then just the foundations for it, really, because there's going to be quite a few places to use it. And then the other thing is workflow executions. When they now stop due to an error, let's say... um your Slack webhook returns a 404, you can basically say whether you want to skip that execution step or resume. So gives you a bit of, sort of flexibility there.
1: Cool. Sounds like it's coming together nicely, actually.
0: Yeah. It's just with the bounced emails, that's going to be like the most common thing. I don't want to send any more bounced emails to that customer. So unless you come in, fix that customer's email address, and then you can resume again on the workflow. Yeah, that has quite an impact on
1: your reputation as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. If you keep sending mail and it's bouncing, you're going to start getting a bad rep. And especially with Amazon and some of the lower end stuff, I know you use Postmark, but that will still have an impact as well. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to handle the bounces and basically cut it off so it doesn't ruin, well, either your reputation or your customers sending reputation.
0: Yeah, I was also thinking of adding in the block list of melt mail and things like that, because they're not really people you want to be emailing in the first place. No, all these uh, two-minute email. Yeah, exactly. I think there's actually a Git repository with a big list of thousands of them, which I use on Snapshooter, and it's just like overnight stopped spam.
1: Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've seen one of those around, might be the same one. Dig out the link and we'll put it in the show notes.
0: Okay. I know why people use them, but they're not ever gonna become a customer. It's not like someone uses Meltmail mail and then goes, Oh, I like this, I'll go and replace it with my real work email. No, it's tie kickers, isn't it, having a look around. Yeah, exactly. It's just people who want to browse around and just absolutely slates your reputation. So and is generally misused. It's only there to get past, let's say, email verification to unlock the app to then do malicious activity or, you know, no good.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Psychic is is the
0: polite word. The polite way of saying, yeah.
1: There are people that have more nefarious intentions. Yeah.
0: It's fine. I just put a card wall. <laughs> Valid credit card. If you want to use melt mail, that's your choice. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, that's good. That sounds like a productive week then. Yeah. Notice you've been
0: working late. I wondered, I
1: was started to think, do you ever spend time with your wife? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all going wrong at home. No, she's just uh, on late, so. All right, fair enough. Yeah, you can usually tell when my wife's working away because I'll be <laughs> online till midnight. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Watched a bit of telly but like just getting on with Snapchat really. So, what about yourself? Any news on the landing site?
1: Uh, the landing page, no. I was doing a bit more coding and although I'm not prematurely optimizing, I am structuring the database ready for further features, you know, features down the line that are more enterprisey. And there was just something hit me when I was doing the EC2 usage analysis that there was a bunch of data that is just in a reference table or series of reference tables. And I thought, no, this needs to be per scan at the moment for the launch. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah. But when I want this feature or that feature or need this report, it is going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, I always like to just say that like to know as much as possible about how the system's going to work in the future. Not that we're going to build that now, but I'm not going to code ourselves into a corner. Exactly. That you're going to have to fight your way out of.
1: Yeah. I Cloud Insights is being built to have teams. So you could be a multiple team member, multiple organization member. That's
0: the one thing I would recommend anyone who's building a SaaS app to spend the time and build from the start. Like, that's the one thing I would say, do it.
1: Yeah, especially if you're going to target any kind of enterprise
0: level customer. Yeah, SnapSheeter doesn't. And I have people who share accounts and it's a bit of a, it's actually a bit of a pain. So, and it's not something I really want to go through. I could, but it's going to take quite a lot of time to go back through and make teams, and all sorts of so.
1: Yeah, and another thing I'm going to have in the future is uh, a team or an organization can set up different scan profiles. So they could have one that will just check compute stuff, so uh, EC2 and RDS, for example. Yeah. They could limit a particular scan for that and say, oh, I need to do these uh, once a day. And then they could have a serverless profile that checks Fargate and lambdas and things like that for mm-hmm. cost-saving. Tips on those sort of stuff, but they may only execute once a week or once a month. Yeah. At the beginning, it's just going to be a default profile that just scans the whole infrastructure and has a look or a subset of services that AWS offer. Mm-hmm. So when you go in and create your team, it will just create a default profile behind the scenes. And later on, I'll build the UI to allow people to do multiple profiles. But yeah, there was a little bit on the database stuff that uh, it's like, oh no, how did I miss that? Mm. So ripping the database apart and rebuilding it and then of course all the code breaks and you've got to reference different tables, you've got to build test seeders. Yeah, so it's put me back probably um, a couple of days, but I'd rather do it now than having to try and migrate millions of rows yeah. down the line. you know. So yeah, it's a little bit of pain now for a lot of gain later.
0: Fair enough. I sort of... Went with that at the beginning, but now I'm into hundreds of migrations on the database. I've written so many migration files so I had columns here and there and all sorts.
1: Yeah, structural migrations I'm not too worried about. It's when you've got to change the data and you've got to migrate it across tables or read. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just adding a column
0: or something isn't too bad, but when you've got to split tables out into... Yeah. I had to do that on Snapshooter at one point when I decided that uh, an account could back up multiple digitalization servers. It just didn't support that because before the tokens were stored on the user. so like, well, now they need to be stored somewhere else and then everything else needs to reference something else. It's like, yeah, so it's
1: a cascade thing, isn't it? You yeah. change one thing and it just cascades through the code base. So. Yeah,
0: and then you've got to drop yeah production code or you've got to like, basically shut the site down for however long while you do that.
1: The good news is that I've not launched and I'm not, <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, I mean, haven't been too much of a problem with a few customers, but yeah, I just, just one more thing to think about. Yeah, it's the perfect time to do that kind of
1: refactoring. So I think I've pretty much got it sorted. Yeah. Just got the um, migrations written now. So the database structure's changed. So it's just working through the rest of the code, which will probably be tomorrow night because I don't have any other time tonight after this. <laughs> Bank holiday weekend coming up. Who knows? I might have some time to do a landing page. I think I'm just going to adapt to the one that's there for Cloud Doc and just change the copy. Yeah, yeah.
0: just to get something there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, too many bank holidays. <laughs> I'm re- ready for this one. How I could do with the extra day. Oh no, it's just an extra day of childcare. <laughs> uh,
1: it is for you. It's um, yeah. It's the day away from the day job for me, and it's been a lot of front end stuff this week. So <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm ready for a break. Sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of drawing charts with Vue and uh, Chart.js. Yeah, so
0: oh, you come and do mine.
1: Yeah, good practice for Cloud Insights, mind you. But um, yeah, yeah, enough on that. So I've got some questions for you actually, because I'm going to start looking at Stripe mm-hmm. over the weekend. But I'll ask you a bit about that in a minute. First of all, I want to follow up on what we spoke about last episode: mm-hmm. your pricing and uh, talking oh. to people.
0: <laughs> put me on the spot.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I know you've been talking to people.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to I think about seven or eight little SaaS businesses. Or oh, not that's a bit insulting. Talked to about seven or eight SaaS businesses between two and five K a monthly recurring revenue. Kinda of being a bit scared, so I've gone with the lower people first. <laughs> Which is probably not the best plan, but yeah, I've been talking to a few people about how they currently handle churn and um, onboarding. Mm-hmm. But quite a lot of the feedback from people that size is they're still handling it quite manually. Not to say they're not looking to go to at tool, but they're still kind of a little too early for the pain point.
1: Mm. Yeah, because lower earning SaaS, they'd rather spend a couple of hours of time.
0: Yeah, and to be fair to them at that scale, it is, it's not crucial, but it's some key learnings to do by doing it by hand. True, yeah. However, when it's just the card has uh, run out of money, there's not much of a lesson to be learned with when you email that person like four times to get the churn recovered. That's, mm. yeah. I guess there's a difference between churning because they no longer want to use the product and there's churning due to card faults, which is the main segment I'm after at the moment.
1: Yeah. I very rarely have a charge fail on my cards. You know, I keep the balances low, pay them off every month, and so
0: on. Yeah,
1: all of this happens out there in real life, doesn't it? People do max out the credit cards, and they
0: yeah, or business cards. Like, it's just everything needs to go for approval, so they're using a card that doesn't have much funds, or it's kind of mostly bank faults. The the like the big crooks of it. So really, huh? yeah. So it's like on snapshoters, stuff like. For some reason, the card is no longer authorizing a payment to, like, the UK, for example. Okay. So they need to, like, literally contact the bank and be like, you oh, know, that's that's a good enough transaction. That's fine.
1: All right, sort of bank fraud measures kicking in.
0: Yeah, that sort of thing. Mm. So you don't actually get that much feedback from Stripe. I believe them when they say they don't get much feedback from the like Visa or Mastercard about what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. For example, the message about insufficient funds. Doesn't necessarily mean there's insufficient funds. No, it just means that the charge has failed. They're, for... they're just not allowing it. Oh, right. So that's why, like, as part of the workflows, and um this was a big thing that came out of it, was building predefined workflows for people to modify. I would recommend anyone to attempt to do the charge again at least a couple of times before even emailing someone to let them know. Mm. You know, there's a good chance you recover that of recurring revenue without ever emailing the person.
1: Yeah, I mean the
0: done for you stuff as in the predefined yeah. workflows people want to pay for that sort of stuff yeah that was a key thing that came out of it was that if they're moving to a product like this they kind of want those good recommendations on how to do it properly where i've gone for like <laughs> you can build whatever fancy workflow you want but i'm going to go on the basis of having some sort of um template library you could use
1: and could you shortcut things to get launched earlier by just having some predefined templates
0: Rather than letting them build their own. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I could, when you create an account, just literally build a set of six workflows and you just go through and activate the ones you want to use. Yeah, it might be worth thinking about, uh, see if you can get out. Because then that allows you to go in and customize them and make sure the emails are right. It gets a little complicated when you've got stuff like plans. So you may want to do different emailing for like trial ending, depending on what plan they're on. So I can't really know that. Mm. Or maybe I could. There might be a way. <laughs> If the plan has no charge, then you know it's a free tier. So there might be a way around it. Okay, you give me ideas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's all part of this, isn't it? It's, yeah, that's yeah. why you have a mastermind, and our mastermind is being recorded, yeah, yeah. You just share it with the world. So uh, yeah, it. Yeah. So how many more people are you going to contact, and have you got an
0: idea? Well, I'm basically dedicating a couple of hours on a Friday evening, was my or Friday morning to go through. Indie hackers and find people who are sort of the right size.
1: Mm. you going to try higher revenue sassas this time.
0: I think so. Yeah, it works well because on the indie hackers, it like updates by the latest update on that um, product. So mm-hmm. a lot of these people I've caught have just done like blog articles or they've just done product hunt launches. Right. So I've sort of gone in with oh congratulations on your launch or congratulations on breaking this financial milestone. Blah blah blah. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> but this week I've also been reading the mom tests. Ah, yes, yes. And uh, yeah, it's a really good book. So I'm going to sort of apply some of those learnings next week or to the next sort of cohort of people I try and talk to. Yeah. Stop pitching and try and get more feedback about how they're currently running things.
1: Yeah, I'm up to about chapter two on that. Oh, okay. It was good to hear the basic principles because when I did my calls and still uh, did a call yesterday, The way I approach it is like, okay, how do you deal with finding waste, rogue services that are still running? How do you find that server that the developer's forgotten? And ask them how they do that now, and also how they plan their reserved incidences, and then sort of talk to
0: them about that. Okay, so my question about a chapter that's further up, did any of them say that they've built some hacky solution? Yes. Okay, so that's really positive feedback then. That was one of the like the key bits. If someone's already hacking some crappy but solution to the problem, you know they know they've got a problem. They know they can solve it with their crappy script, or they could come somewhere professionally.
1: Yeah, and I know big companies like Netflix and Cora. Oh yeah, they're a different league, though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. But yeah, it's quite a lot of people have said uh, yeah they do knock together a bash script that will do a few CLI calls and then they pass through that data and then chuck it out to an email and then somebody's
0: got to manually trawl through it. Yeah. And run the script and everything. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that was positive as well. Yeah. That's some really good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been on LinkedIn again, actually this week, just making some more friends, (laughs) not trying to sell, not trying to ask questions, just sparking up conversations it's people that are solutions architects in the AWS groups. Um So I've linked up with about 30 this week, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll just keep on top of what they're doing, see who's active on LinkedIn, who's posting, who's moving jobs. And that's the first step to gaining trust. And then as I launch and start publishing stuff on LinkedIn, hopefully they can see that and they might be open to a bit more of a chat with me as well. So
0: no, cool. You got to more than five hundred connections on LinkedIn yet? Yeah. <laughs> Just under eight hundred, I think.
1: Seven hundred ninety-three, oh, wow. I think. So,
0: yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> I've been at it a while. <laughs> Mine are normally SEO experts that want to keep talking to me. Yeah, and other sorts of cheap consultant crap. Yeah,
1: yeah. I did have a lot of recruiters, but I've cut back on those. Don't don't accept those anymore. There's a few people in the learning and development industry that's to do with something that i plan to do with my wife later on uh, another product Mm. and lots of devopsy people and uh, aws types yeah so i just keep Mm. building that list and that's that's going to be my audience yeah yeah i'm not going to just publish on blog posts it's going to be a blog post on the website a promo post on linkedin and then all
0: of your linkedin connections see that
1: when you post it yeah
0: that's cool to circle back to your actual question about pricing, which links to last <laughs> week, I changed to a tier structure as we um, discussed. A quick overview is: it's still based on your monthly recurring revenue. There's three plans. Up to three k is nineteen dollars. Up to ten k mm you can never get that right forty nine dollars, and then up to fifty thousand is two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sticking with that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and then. Uh,
1: it's yeah. never set in stone, is it? So you can always change it later. So no, so
0: and I think that maybe I need to slightly tweak it to get people just to come in on the the cheap plan mm-hmm. because at that point, like when you're reaching the top of the first tier, is kind of I'm hoping to be when you're reaching your pain point in your SaaS product. Yeah, and then we solve it and you trickle over into the growth plan.
1: <laughs> so what about the limiting? You said you might put some limits in there. Or number of emails sent.
0: Oh, I was just going to put some limits on the emails that were going to be ridiculously generous, just there as like system precautions and out in the open. I don't really like it when you go into a plan and they don't let you know that there's this actually there's this limit.
1: That's good though because it answers a question of a potential customer, doesn't it? It's like, oh well, are they going to cap me or x amount of emails? And so-
0: yeah, just protecting that. So you've in my mind, I could think of a way you could engineer this to sense crap. Or to just abuse it. So, some sort of limit would be nice. Kind of there just to make sure that you don't exceed the plan cost in uh, postmarks, email costs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, it's still be pretty, sure pretty generous.
0: So, you can send quite a few emails for $19, but, um, and you can send a lot of SES marketing emails for $19. Yeah. So. <laughs> To reach their limit, they've either got to have
1: some really bad customers or a lot of them failing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm going to do onboarding and customer relations and and actions and stuff, and that's, I think, basically going to be included in the price. So kind of Great. future-proofing that. So yeah, that sort of answers the pricing. And then I always go with a year is just two-month discount. Mm-hmm. So check a zero on the end, and you're there.
1: Yeah, I need to have a look at my pricing again.
0: Mm. I'm not
1: sure whether monthly... Uh, AWS spend is a metric I can easily get without passing the cost and usage report, which is a big job. So, oh,
0: there's not just one final number spat out at <laughs> the end, is there?
1: I need to double check cost explorer and stuff, see if there's something mm. there. But the cost and usage reports could be millions and millions of rows in a month.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And you've got to go through and add it all up. And it's like, Ugh. just need an honesty box. <laughs> yeah. I might do it on number of objects and scanned and the, I don't know.
0: Yeah, difficult. I mean, it's back to like, you wouldn't want someone to like use your system less no, to get around to pricing or whatever. So if there's like a lower area of value, they're not going to use it. Yeah, I don't
1: want them to have to think about the pricing and have to work something out either. So I'll have a think about that another time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I had a look at Stripe today. Yep. I've got the account set up, got my bank account set up and linked to it. It's like, wow, where are the plans? Where do I create my plans?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They changed it all a bit. So it's a bit more confusing now. It's
1: like, right, okay, well, subscriptions maybe. So, yes,
0: yeah, so you need to go to the billing area yeah. of the dashboard. And then from the billing area, you can create products.
1: Yeah, that's what I found. I went to create a subscription and says, all oh, right, okay, well, you need a customer first.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so a, a subscription is basically a relationship between a customer and a product, product or many yeah. products and then a product actually has now a price plan attached to it mm-hmm. so before they had plans and then you subscribe to a plan but now you subscribe to a product and a product can have pricing structure and it can have many plus pricing structures so yeah, they've just made it more expanded i mean the api still kind of supports the old way right but you just maybe not don't do it like that
1: <laughs> yeah amazingly i've never had to use stripe or the uh, stuff that I've done previously with payments has either been WorldPay, PayPal, yeah. Secure Trading, one of the other many payment gateways, SagePay, but never strike. I think that's recently because the big clients in the day mm. job have all been sort of
0: enterprise level. Yeah, WorldPay's quite popular, isn't that? Yeah. they got so, terminals and stuff.
1: Yeah, WorldPay corporate was very popular. And also the last one that was a major SaaS stroke browser app they didn't actually do any online payments at all it was all negotiated contracts offline Uh, so it's interesting having a look at this stripe stuff that everybody talks about and i should know about yeah so what's the flow then somebody registers in your app do you then have to manually create that customer in stripe ready for when they want to do a payment
0: yeah i mean you can do it uh, multiple ways i mean i recommend especially if you want to use ultimately, (laughs) is to create the customer when they start. Uh So in your case, the customer would be in relationship to the team, not to an actual individual. Mm -hmm. You can even do it in a background job because it's not like crucial. Just get them a Stripe account set up. It's good because you can then have all the trial stuff, all the trial logic, all handled by Stripe.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And at that point, you can attach stuff like cards to that customer or um, subscriptions, and they're already there. I mean nothing stops you just doing that at the time of creation for a subscription. But
1: so do you need to you've got to add a payment method though before you can put them against a subscription.
0: You can create a customer with no um, card attached. And you can attach a customer to a plan with no card as long as the plan has a trial and or is free.
1: Ah uh, right. I think that that's the thing that I miss. Yeah. Cause
0: if you attach them to a plan with a payment. It's going to try and do an invoice immediately mm-hmm. because obviously they're just subscribed. If they don't have a card, it won't work. So that's why. Oh, right, got you. Yeah, As part of the request, you can send in a card, I think, at that point. I kind of just recommend attaching the card to the customer and making sure that's all going well and then attaching the subscription part subjects that going well. If you imagine the workflow of like, if you're in a trial state, absolutely fine, you can go on to whatever plan you want, mm-hmm. trial it, come back. If you're out of trial state, that customer isn't on that plan until they've paid. So.
1: Okay. So do you use checkout, stripe checkout?
0: I think it's stripe elements. Right. Okay. So you don't use the hosted payment page? No, I use the like, it's like kind of like an iframe sort of thing that they have. But, um, yeah, I still handle it all via the JavaScript method and not sending raw card details. Yeah i would recommend for everyone who (laughs) don't want to deal with pci compliance yes indeed so you can become pci compliant with stripe with using the element stuff it's like a self-service verifying thing
1: so what do you do when you have a customer who doesn't want to pay online with a card how would they want to pay invoice purchase order yeah issue an invoice which might buy
0: an annual plan okay or it might set up a recurring payment. Would they pay by card or would they be sending like bank transfers or something like that? Or either really? I mean, I'd always recommend just having them on Stripe anyway. And then you can set up coupon codes and just have, for example, offline purchase and set the percentage to 100% discounts. Mm-hmm. And just make sure it can't be used <laughs> in your app and then handle it that way. I mean, you could raise an invoice manually on Stripe's dashboard and mm-hmm. send that across or email that across or build it into your app if you were going to do it that way.
1: Yeah, I need to see how Stripe integrates with QuickBooks and Xero.
0: Have you thought about just saying to people, no, <laughs> we are an online subscription business. Is this or nothing. I know some customers are just going to need to issue a PO and have an invoice. I mean, you're going to still get them an invoice. Yeah. How do people pay for their AWS accounts? Surely there's no credit card. Yeah. Credit card, there's no way to tr- transfer them the money.
1: Unless they're a big
0: organization. and well, yeah, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> You're in a different realm there, anyway, about the purchasing and everything. The whole sales process is completely, completely wildly different.
1: Yeah. I've tried not to give this too much attention.
0: Yeah. I would say if you've got like a really weird edge case, it's like, well, you can do yearly and you can send a bank transfer here and then I'll set you up an account mm-hmm. and that would be fine. But otherwise, just be like, no, come on, it's this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think in this day and age, most people have got access to a card, haven't they? So, yeah. Okay, that's filled in a few gaps. (laughs) Brilliant. I'm still not worried about it yet.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I I need to do a little bit on the billing now because obviously I've changed the way it works. I now need to go back to some sort of billing model. But now I'm not using metered billing. I could probably go back to using Laravel Cashier. Mm -hmm. So I might invest in that just because it saves having to generate invoices. (laughs) It doesn't for you.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay, cool.
0: We should probably wrap it up there. We've got to the half an hour mark, haven't we?
1: Yeah, that's quite an easy one.
0: Yeah. It was a good chat. All right.
1: Try and get my landing page done.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. It'll be me on my own next week, otherwise.
1: <laughs> okay. I promise for next week.
0: <laughs> okay, well, it was good talking to you, Dean, and I'll catch you next week.
1: Okay, Simon. Cheers. Bye.